So consider this the last call if anyone wants to step out at this time for the homily. Due to what we're talking about, it'd be a great time to do it. If you have kids, don't tell me, haven't warned you. Third time I've mentioned it, so no emails, all right? Third time I mentioned it now. In a recent survey conducted by a high school in the U.S., parents were asked, does your son or daughter look at internet pornography on a regular basis? 15% of parents responded either yes or I don't know whether my son or daughter looks at internet pornography on a regular basis. 85% responded no. They were convinced this doesn't happen. The same school also asked the students, do you look at internet pornography on a regular basis? The student's response, 80% said yes. They look at it on a regular basis. That simple survey, everyone, indicates that those parents, no judgment toward them, really had no idea what was going on in their kids' lives. Zero idea. Or even worse, they didn't want to know or didn't care to know. Whatever we think, everyone, about this topic or however uncomfortable it makes us feel or awkward it is to, to preach on, it's essential for us to understand and to name and to articulate how prevalent, how common, how damaging the use of pornography is not only to our children, but also to our marriages, our church, our society, our families, but most importantly, our own souls. And the church is not the only one who's concerned. In fact, recently over a dozen states in this country have de officially declared pornography a quote-unquote public health crisis. This is not just a religious issue. State legislatures are also addressing it and starting to put restrictions on it. And it's for this reason, everyone, that this week in all parishes here in the Diocese of Bismarck under the direction and leadership of Bishop Kagan are taking place in what's called Safe Haven Sunday. Although it'd be nice to think that here in Bismarck, we live in Mayberry, we don't. Sorry. These challenges are just as common here as they are anywhere else. And so today I want to focus on three main areas. First, 10 very sobering statistics. Second, a few practical steps to make your homes a safe haven. And third, a word of encouragement and hope to anyone who personally struggles with pornography use. So first, 10 sobering numbers. 12% of all websites are pornographic. 25% of 
of all search engine requests are for pornography. 40 million Americans are regular users of it. 93% of boys and 62% of girls are exposed to pornography before the age of 18. 70% of men visit a pornographic website at least once a month. One in three users are women. 65% of young men or women view pornography at least once a week. The largest consumer of internet pornography in this country are children between the ages of 12 and 17. 75% of children said moms and dads have never discussed this with them. And 56% of divorce cases bring up pornography as being a reason or part of the reason they're getting divorced. I know that might be shocking and startling, and it's certainly sobering. But based on these trends, parents, we should just assume, I think it'd be helpful to assume, that your child has probably been exposed to it. And it is possible that your middle school or high school age child may very possibly already have a regular habit of use. The quote-unquote not-my-child mentality must go away. The not-my-home mentality is not helpful here. Because if we're not willing to acknowledge this as a problem, then we're simply not willing to acknowledge reality. But why should any of these numbers be of concern? Why pornography? Why not some other moral issue? What's the problem? Well, like so many things, it's enslaving. People often can't get out of it. It negatively impacts dating. It negatively impacts marriage. It negatively impacts family life. It robs our dear, dear children of their God-given innocence. It makes it nearly impossible for a young man or woman to discern a call of the priesthood or religious life. It makes it nearly impossible. It can destroy marriages, friendships, and vocations. But most importantly, it is a serious sin that greatly harms our relationship with the Lord. Secondly, I want to offer three practical steps to make your homes or help make your homes a safe haven from these dangers. Step number one is really simple. Awareness, awareness, awareness. Like I mentioned, being aware that this may be a struggle for your child is a basic assumption that can go a long way. Just making that assumption. Step number two, it's essential for us to use measures to eliminate the entry point for this material into your home. Like so many things, they oftentimes travel the path of least resistance. 
So wherever there's a path of least resistance is where these things sneak into our homes. I want us to imagine tomorrow morning in the Bismarck Tribune, for those of you who still pay the big bucks that it costs to get the Tribune, this headline. Porn shop opens in local school. We'd be outraged. We'd say, how could they? I'm pulling my kids. Shut this school down. This is completely unacceptable. Porn shop opens in local school. It'd be unimaginable. Any smartphone, tablet, or computer has immediate and completely anonymous access to anything at any moment. The cost, absolutely free. No credit card, no down payment. Type the word and you got it. Maybe we shouldn't be so outraged by that headline in the Bismarck Tribune. These are not the days of having to hide a Playboy magazine under the mattress. These are not the days of making some awkward trip to some sleazy store and buying a naughty video. Times have changed. And any iPhone or tablet or computer is a totally free and anonymous porn store right underneath our noses, in our homes, and under our roofs. And so in order to help make our homes the safe haven, everyone, we purchase here at the parish one book for every family with a child. The book is entitled Equipped, Smart Catholic Parenting in a Sexualized Culture. All kinds of great tips in there. And so please take one. We got one at the entrance there and the one going towards A Street. You can also sign up for a free seven-day plan. You just text a number and I'll send you daily emails with digital tips and how to put various filters that are needed and safeguards on smart devices, computer, and internet. I also want to make a personal recommendation that could be a very important step for families with children. Every family has their own approach to cell phones and when kids get smartphones. That's up to you. You're the parent, I'm not. But might I suggest that if your child has a smartphone, whether they're 7 or 17, might I suggest that at the end of the day, you ask that child for their phone. They don't need it in their room at night. They don't. They just invented this wonderful thing. You plug in the wall. You set an alarm. It goes off in the morning when you want to wake up. Some have radios, some have buzzers that are really annoying. It's called an alarm clock. <laughs> they sell them at Target. So if that's the argument, at what cost? At what cost? And so please give some consideration to that. Kids, you're going to hate me. Moms and dads, you won't regret it. Dads, I also want to ask for your help. Please exercise your fatherly role, your role as a dad and the protector of your home. The third practical step I want to offer is we have at the entrance as well a wonderful prayer card that you could recite maybe on a daily basis before meals, 
uh, in the morning, at night. So please take it home and, and take this uh, prayer card for your own personal prayer. Last thing I want to do is I also know that this is oftentimes not just a challenge for young people, that many adults find themselves addicted or using it on a regular basis as well. So I want to offer three practical words of encouragement and hope to anyone here who might find a struggle with in this area. The first word of hope and encouragement is this. The key word is freedom. That we need to want freedom and we need to believe that freedom is possible. To buy into the lie that, oh, 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 this will just be a struggle forever is buying into the lie not from God. That freedom is possible. That Christ sets us free. That Jesus does not condemn, but yes, he calls us to conversion. He calls us to change. You know, the very nature of sin, everyone, is, is twofold. Sin is sin because, one, it's enslaving. But also, secondly, it's harmful. And this is also true in this area. We want to be the fathers, mothers, priests, grandparents, brothers, sisters, grandmas, grandpas, friends that our society needs, that our families need. The second encouragement for hope in this area is make sure you bring the sin to the sacrament of confession. Yes, it's embarrassing. There's screens in the confessional. Yes, no one wants to admit it. But the place a person experienced freedom in this area is in the grace of confession. Please bring this to the confessional. Please confess this, especially before you receive Holy Communion. It's a grave sin. It is. And so it's important for a person to confess this. Finally, please do something concrete or practical in your spiritual life. Whether it's reading the Gospel of the day, praying a daily rosary, coming to daily Mass, going to confession once a month, reading the book that we're giving you, just do something practical and life-giving for your spiritual life. We all need it. The spiritual life dries up really quickly if it's not being watered. Everyone, the purpose of today's homily is not to say that all our young people are evil, that all of us are evil, that we're bad people. That's not the point. God has created us good. God has created us good. And he's also created us for love. Self-giving love. Whether we're young or old, we are thirsting. What we want most is real relationships. Nothing fake, nothing cheap. And what our faith offers us, what Jesus offers us, is a friendship that is real, a friendship that satisfies, a true friendship that fulfills. And the only one that can do that is him. So may we allow ourselves to experience the tremendous confidence and to exercise tremendous confidence in our ability, in our ability to have a true and life-giving and real relationship with Jesus. Because he alone satisfies and he alone can give us freedom.